Part one, chapter nineteen of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part one, chapter nineteen. Vinitius had just finished reading this letter when Chilo crept into the library, cautiously and unannounced, for the slaves had orders to admit him at any hour of the day or night. May the divine mother of thy noble ancestor show such favor to thee as the divine son of Maya hath shown to me. What meanest thou? exclaimed Vinitius, springing from the table on which he was seated. Eureka! cried Chilo proudly. The young patrician fell back upon his chair, for some moments excitement prevented his speaking. Hast thou seen her? he asked at last. Master, I have seen Ursus, and have held converse with him. Speak, then. Knowest thou where they are hidden? Nay, master, another man might have informed the Lygian that his identity was known to him, might have revealed his own name, and sought information as to where the maiden lived. But what would his answer have been? Perchance a blow from that mighty fistful in the face, which would have made him indifferent to all worldly things. At all events, he would have raised suspicion in the mind of the maiden's guardian, which would have led to an immediate change in her hiding-place. Master, I did not act thus. Sufficient was it for me to know that Ursus is a night-laborer in the mill of one Demas, the same name as that of thy freedman. This, I say, sufficed, for now it were easy for some one of thy slaves to follow him in the morning and learn their hiding-place. I am certain that if Ursus is here, Lygia is also in Rome. And for further news, I bring assurance that both will be present to-night at a gathering in Ostranium. Ostranium? Where is that? interrupted Vinitius. I also wish to be present there. "'Tis an old cemetery between the Salaria and Nomentana roads. The chief priest of the Christians, of whom I have spoken to thee, and who has long been expected, has arrived, and will preach in the cemetery to-night. They conceal their religion, for though there is no edict against it, yet the people hate them, and therefore it behooves them to be cautious. This same Ursus has told me that all, even to the last soul, would gather in Ostranium, for all wish to see and hear him who was the foremost disciple of Christ, and who is called an apostle. As they consider women equal to men, women also will be there, save only Pomponia, who might find it difficult to explain her absence to Aulus, a believer in the ancient gods. But Lygia, master, who is under the guardianship of Ursus and the elders of the community, will surely be there with the other women. Vinitius, who had been living in a state of feverish excitement, upheld only by hope, now that this hope seemed about to be realized, was suddenly attacked with weakness, such as a man feels after a long journey. Chilo marked this, and resolved to take advantage of it. The gates are watched by thy slaves, and the Christians must know this, but they do not need to go through the gates. The Tiber has no gates, and though it is far from the river to the appointed place, still for them it is worth while to get there in order to see the great apostle. Besides, they have probably a thousand ways of reaching the spot. In Ostranium, master, thou wilt find Lygia. If she be not there, which is not unlikely, thou wilt find Ursus, for he has promised to kill Glaucus. He himself told me that he would be there, and that he would kill him. 
dost thou hear my golden tribune then thou wilt either follow ursus and so come to the place where lygia dwells or thou wilt command thy slave to seize him as a murderer bind his hands and make him confess where he has hidden lygia i have completed my task another o oh master would have told thee a story that he had drunk ten goblets of the best wine with ursus before he could get the secret out of him another would have said that he had lost a thousand sesterces to him in gambling or that he had bought his information for two thousand i know that thou wilt pay me doubly for the noble petronius has told me that thy bounty will exceed my hopes vinitius though a soldier accustomed to weigh well every action as well as to act was possessed by a sudden weakness and said thou shalt not rely upon my generosity in vain but first thou wilt accompany me to ostranium i to ostranium asked chilo who had no desire to go thither noble tribune i engaged to find lygia for thee but i did not engage to carry her off for thee think master what would happen to me if that lygian bear after killing glaucus should comprehend that he did not deserve death would he not regard me as the cause of an unjust murder forget not master that the greater the philosopher the more difficult it is for him to answer the stupid questions of a fool what should i answer him if he asked me why i slandered glaucus the physician if thou distrust me then i say pay me only when i show thee the house where lygia lives give me to-day but a part of my remuneration so that if any accident should befall thee whom may all the gods protect i would not be left without any recompense thy heart could not endure that vinitius went to a casket that stood on a marble pedestal took a purse from it and flung it to chilo these are silver he said and when lygia shall be in my house thou wilt get the same filled with gold thou art a very jove exclaimed chilo vinitius frowned thou wilt refresh thyself and afterwards thou mayst rest but until evening thou must remain here and when night comes thou wilt accompany me to ostranium a look of alarm and uncertainty flitted over the face of the greek he controlled himself however and answered who can oppose thee master these silver pieces overweigh my services to say nothing of thy society which to me is a happiness and a delight vinitius interrupted him impatiently and questioned him as to the particulars of his conversation with ursus it seemed clear that they would be able to discover lygia's hiding-place that night or to seize her on the way back from ostranium this thought filled vinitius with wild delight now that he felt confident of finding lygia his anger and vexation against her disappeared in his joy he forgave her everything he thought of her only as one dear to him he felt as if she were returning after a long absence he would fain have called his slaves and ordered them to deck his house with garlands he felt no anger even against ursus at the moment he was ready to forgive everything to everybody chilo for whom in spite of his services he had always felt aversion seemed to him now an entertaining and an unusual person joy filled his house his eyes and face grew radiant he felt again youth and the delight of life the sufferings he had gone through were not as great as his love for lygia this he understood now for the first time when he hoped to possess her his desires woke up in him as the earth wakes in the springtime beneath the glow of the sun 
but now his desires were less wild and blind than formerly and had more of happiness and tenderness he felt within himself unlimited energy and was confident that when he saw lygia with his own eyes he would take her from all the christians in the world or from caesar himself chilo meanwhile reassured by the delight of vinitius began to offer advice he warned vinitius that victory was not yet won and that the greatest caution was necessary or all would be brought to naught he besought vinitius not to attempt to take lygia from ostranium they should go there with hoods on their heads and with their faces concealed they should hide in dark corners whence they might scrutinize people as they passed when they saw lygia it would be best to follow at a distance to mark the house she entered and on the morrow to surround it with a large force and take her away at daybreak since she belonged to caesar as a hostage all this might be done without offending against the law should they not find her in ostranium they would follow ursus the result would be the same it would be impracticable to go to the cemetery with a crowd of attendants for thus attention would be attracted the christians would extinguish all the lights as they had done at the time of lygia's rescue and scattering in the darkness would conceal themselves in places known only to them but it is necessary that we should go armed and should take with us a couple of strong and trustworthy men to defend us in case of need vinitius acknowledged the wisdom of this advice recalling petronius's counsel he ordered his slaves to bring croto to him chilo who knew everybody in rome felt greatly relieved on hearing the name of the famous athlete whose superhuman strength he had admired many times in the arena he rejoiced to hear that he would accompany them to ostranium the purse filled with gold would be easier to acquire with the aid of croto hence he sat down in cheerful mood at the table to which he was summoned by the chief of the hall he informed the slaves that he had brought their master a magic ointment it was only necessary to rub it upon the hoofs of the worst horses to make them outstrip all others a certain christian had shown him how to prepare the ointment the christians were better skilled in magic and miracles than even the thessalonians though thessaly was renowned for its wonder-workers the christians had great confidence in him any one could understand the reason of this who knows what means the sign of the fish while speaking he warily watched the faces of the slaves in the hope of discovering a christian and betraying him to vinitius he ate and drank more freely than usual and showered praises on the cook saying that he would try and buy his freedom from vinitius his joy was clouded only by the thought that he must go that night to ostranium but he took comfort in the fact that he would go in disguise and in the company of two men one a giant admired in all rome and the other a patrician a high officer in the army if they discover vinitius he said to himself they will not dare to lay hands on him as for myself they will be sharp-eyed indeed if they see even the tip of my nose he recalled his conversation with the laborer the recollection brought much joy to him beyond a doubt that laborer was ursus from what vinitius had said and from the account of those who had brought lygia from caesar's palace he knew of the man's wonderful strength the confusion and wrath of the laborer at the mention of vinitius and lygia confirmed his suspicion that the giant was interested in these persons the laborer had mentioned also his penance for killing a man now ursus had killed atacinus moreover the appearance of the laborer corresponded to the account which vinitius had given of the lygian the difference of name was the only thing that could raise a doubt but chilo knew that christians often assumed new names at baptism 
should ursus kill glaucus meditated chilo that will be all the better but should he not kill him it will be proof of how difficult it is for a christian to commit murder i pictured this glaucus as a son of judas and as a betrayer of christians i was so eloquent that even a stone would have been moved and would have promised to fall upon the head of glaucus but i hardly persuaded that lygian bear to put his paws on him he hesitated and spoke of penance and compunction evidently murder is not pleasing to them they are obliged to forgive offences against themselves and they are not allowed to revenge the wrongs of others therefore stop and think chilo what can threaten thee revenge is not allowed to glaucus if ursus will not kill glaucus for such a heinous crime as the betrayal of all the christians he will not kill thee for the small offence of betraying one christian moreover when i have discovered to this lustful vulture the nest of the turtle dove i will wash my hands of everything and will betake myself to naples the christians speak also of a kind of washing of the hands it is evidently a ceremony to indicate that any transaction with them has come to an end what good people these christians are and how they are maligned oh gods such is the justice of the world i have a regard for the christian teaching because it does not allow killing but if to kill is forbidden to steal to cheat or to bear false witness are also surely forbidden hence the teachings are hard to live up to the christian religion evidently teaches that people should die honestly as the stoics teach at the same time it teaches that they should also live honestly if ever i acquire a fortune and a house like this and as many slaves perhaps i shall be a christian as long as it is convenient for a rich man can indulge himself in everything even in honesty and virtue yea this is a religion for the rich man and i do not understand why so many poor embrace it what use is it to them to be honest and thus to tie their hands i must ponder this some time more carefully at this moment i must thank thee o hermes for helping me to find this lygia but if thou hast done so for the two white yearlings with gilded horns thou art fooled shame on thee murderer of argos that so clever a god as thou didst not foresee that thou wouldst get nothing i offer thee my gratitude if thou preferest two beasts to it thou thyself art a beast rather than a god beware lest i a great philosopher should prove to the world that thou dost not exist then all would cease to offer sacrifices it is best always to be on good terms with philosophers speaking thus to himself and to hermes he stretched himself on a couch placed his mantle under his head and fell asleep while the slaves were clearing the table he awoke or rather was awakened by the arrival of croto he arose at once went into the hall and gazed with delight at the huge figure of the ex-gladiator who seemed to fill the entire palace croto was talking to vinitius by hercules it is well master that thou didst send for me to-day as to-morrow i start for beneventum whither the noble vatinius has summoned me to fight before caesar with a certain syphax the most powerful negro in africa thou canst imagine master how his bones will crack in my hands and how i shall smash his black jaw with my fist by pollux answered vinitius i am sure that thou wilt do that 
so say i added chilo yes smash his jaws that is an excellent idea and a worthy deed i am ready to bet that thou wilt smash his jaws but rub thy limbs to-day with olive oil my hercules and eat well and then i am sure that thou canst fight even caucus the man who guards the girl in whom the lordly vinitius is concerned possesses extraordinary strength chilo spoke thus in order to rouse croto's ambition and vinitius added it is true i have not seen him but i am told that he can drag a bull by the horns where he pleases oh exclaimed chilo who had not imagined ursus was so powerful but croto laughed in scorn i undertake worthy master said he to finish with this fist him of whom ye speak and with this other to defend myself against seven such lygians and to bring the girl to thy home though all the christians were pursuing me like calabrian wolves if i do not fulfil my promise may i be beaten with clubs in this very hall do not allow that master cried chilo if they begin to throw stones at us what help would his strength be would it not be better to abduct the girl from the house without exposing her or ourselves to danger he speaks wisely croto said vinitius thy money thy will remember only master that to-morrow i go to beneventum i have five hundred slaves in the city answered vinitius then he gave a sign to them to retire and going into the library he wrote the following note to petronius chilo has found the lygian this evening i go with him and croto to ostranium i shall take her from her lodging to-morrow may the gods favor us good health to you dear friend joy does not allow me to write further laying aside the pen he walked up and down with rapid strides for besides joy which filled his soul impatience burned in him like fire he said to himself that to-morrow lygia would be in his house he did not know exactly what course to take with her but he felt that he loved her and was ready to be her slave he called to mind actia's assurance that he was beloved by her and this excited him greatly he needed only to conquer her modesty and to go through certain ceremonies which christian teaching required when this had taken place and lygia had entered his home she would yield to his caresses and she would have to say to herself i am conquered and then she would be submissive and loving the coming of chilo interrupted him in his delightful daydream master said the greek an idea has come to my head have not the christians certain passwords without which no one can gain entrance to ostranium this is the case i know in the houses of prayer and i can get those passwords from eurysius permit me to go to him master to procure such signs as will be necessary well noble philosopher answered vinitius joyfully thou speakest like a prudent man and for that my thanks belong to thee thou wilt go then to eurysius or wherever it may please thee but for security thou wilt leave on this table the purse which thou hast received from me chilo hated to part with money though not at all pleased with the order he nevertheless complied with it and went out from the carinae to the circus near which was the shop of eurysius was not very far so he returned before evening i have learned all the passwords master without them we could not be admitted i inquired minutely also about the road i explained to eurysius that i needed the passwords for some friends saying that i could not go myself since the journey was too long for an old man to take and that anyway i should see the great apostle on the morrow and he would repeat to me the more important parts of his sermon how is that thou wilt not go thou must go 
exclaimed vinitius i know that i must go but i shall put a hood on my head and i advise thee to do likewise lest we frighten the prey soon they began to prepare themselves for darkness was covering the world they donned gallic mantles with hoods and took lanterns vinitius armed himself and his companions with short knives chilo put on a wig which he had procured from a barber and they hurried out to reach the nomentan gates before they were closed End of part one chapter nineteen